Hey guys, I'm your host Tim Dormer and welcome to the extension of Pop Sugar Australia's pilot season of Popcast, back by popular demand. You might remember in the first half of the season we explored life after reality TV and now I'll be interviewing the masterminds that work behind the scenes on some of your favourite reality TV shows. In this episode, we're talking to Alex Mavridakis, one of Australia's most successful television producers with close to 20 years' experience. He's created so many shows, including Big Brother, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, and most recently, Love Island. Alex and I first met through my time on Big Brother back in 2013, and you could say he's actually Big Brother himself. So now I'm excited to meet my maker and hear his side of the story. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Is that a good way of putting it? Your job as exec producer, it's kind of like playing God to the lives of us reality TV contestants. How would you describe the role? It's a bit extreme, but um, let's go with puppeteer. I don't mind that. Uh, Someone called me a puppeteer recently. I thought that was quite exciting. So it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. You're the guy behind the curtain pulling the the levers and... (laughs) Yeah, look, I watch, uh, basically for Big Brother, I'm a celebrity and for Love Island, I sit in front of screens all day long and watch you guys doing what you do and decide what happens next. Essentially, I come up with the trials, I come up with all the stupid ideas to give us enough content to make a show. Um, and then obviously I'm probably the first person that you see once you get eliminated. I can't remember, well, you can probably tell that story better than I can, but um, certainly I'm the, I'm the arms that they fall into crying and sobbing or, or hugging me and telling me how, um, how, what a great time they've had when they, um, when they come out of the, the house, the villa or the jungle. Let's go back to my experience on Big Brother. You, you were that kind of first point of contact in, in the audition rounds. We knew you were kind of the head guy. And then during the show, you actually play the voice of Big Brother sometimes. And you're right, you're on the other side sort of saying, good job or uh, didn't really live up to our expectation. What, what was I like as a contestant, Alex? Did I live up to your expectation? And, and what does make a good reality TV contestant? You know, I hate this question because I'm going to have to praise you here, which um, is <laughs> the worst thing I want to do. Look, the public aren't idiots. Um, they voted you as the winner, and you deserve to win that series. I mean, uh, look, from memory, uh, you just gave us something every single day to the extent, and I don't think I've said this, but there was really only a handful of housemates over the years, you know how many we've had, there's been hundreds of them, that we actually had to pull back in the edit. You know, it's, it's, there were too many Tim scenes. I'd say the same thing about Fitzy. Um, when he was in the show, I remember there was just too much Fitzy and we had to pull back on him. There was too much Ben Norris and we had to pull back on him. And there was too much Tim Dorman and we had, had to pull back on him. Um, <laughs> you were just in every scene to the extent where it was like, well, Tim's brilliant, but he's um, now in the show way too much. So let's um, let's cut him out a little bit. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> I, I think look, that you, was... You did, my... you did your job beautifully. And the, 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 great thing, the great thing about Big Brother, especially in the latter years, was um, the vote to save, which everybody does now. If you remember going way, way back to the Channel 10 days of Big Brother when it was pure and it was wonderful and, you know, it, it remained a, a great show all the way through its life. But if you remember in the very early years, it was vote to evict. Um, mm. And what that did is uh, it got rid of all of the noisiest housemates early. If had you have been in Big Brother in 2001, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 or 8, you would have been gone in week one or two, I can absolutely promise you. Um, when we changed it to vote to save... Um, it was a genius move because what it did is, is the people that weren't in the show very much went early um, because they weren't doing very much and the pe- people that were in the show a lot um, went all the way to the end. So you can you can thank us for that one. 
Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I would not have lasted more than a week or two because Australia did not like me at the start, <laughs> that's for sure. But well, I, we, we had you picked as a villain, I think, at, at the start. I remember, the, I think you applied the year before you actually got in, didn't you? Didn't you apply in yes, 2012? Yes, yeah. I applied we, before and I was going to be an intruder and, and just cause right. a bit of a storm and then I guess I had no chance of winning. So I remember, I remember we had a picture on the wall of you and we had Bondi Hipster written there. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's we're about like, right. Are we going to put? Are we going to put in the Bondi hipster this year? And we thought, no, we're holding for next time. <laughs> well, I guess that's what I want to chat with you today. How much of what you do is about working with what the contestants give you, and how much is you guys leading the contestants into a storyline that that you need to create? Because at the end of the day, we, we need an interesting television show. That That's what your job is. So sometimes do people like me who, who kind of go in there and, and think that we, we know what's entertaining and we know how to deliver you good content, Does that is that sometimes um, at uh, contradiction to the storylines that you guys have thought up in a room beforehand? Like, t- I, I know that happens. You, you kind of have an idea of, of who's going to clash and who's going to um, fall in love or whatnot, like whatever the show is, whether it's I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. You kind of you're casting the celebrities based on who's going to mix well together and who's going to clash and what storylines flow from that. Um, I, like how much of it is that you are leading these contestants through storylines that you've already come up with? Look, the, the, the honest answer is we look. As much as I want to say to you, we don't come up with any storylines. Of course, we do have things that we want to happen. You know, um, you know, we would love there to be a love story every single reality show we ever do. We'd love there to be a big argument every single series we do. And this is this is any of the three shows that I've worked on. Um, mm. You know, the little I I'm in charge of. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that there's two types of reality show. There's, there's even though they all come under the umbrella of reality show and they're all nominated for the same Loki Award and everybody is everybody's thrown into the same basket and called reality show, you've got your bachelors, your real housewives, your MKRs, um, you know, your master chefs, et cetera, et cetera. Now, those shows are filmed months before um, you see them on television. That means yep. they get the beautiful grade, they get the music, they get, uh, you know, or they get mm-hmm. months in the edit suite. Those producers, and I, you know, and I'm friends with all of them, and I'm not bagging. I promise you, I'm not bagging their shows. But they absolutely have the ability, with a bit of smart music or with a bit of smart editing, to turn, let's say, Tim Dormer from the goody into the baddie, or from the mm-hmm. baddie into the goody, or from the uh, the heartthrob into the dickhead, or whatever it may be. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Love Island and Big Brother are 24-hour turnaround shows. Um, it's all I've done for the last, you know, God knows how, how many years now. Um, we do not have time um, in the edit suite to do um, that, that kind of a job on somebody. Mm. Um, we do not have the idea, we do not have the time to change the character. We can only deal with what we have got in front of us. So if we have a great house full of people who are doing their own thing and, and creating their own content, and I'm going to use your series, Big Brother, as an example, because in your year... We had you, Tim. We had Ben from Brisbane. We had Tully. Mm. We had Drew. We had Boog. We had Tahan. We had all these fantastic housemates that all had something to say and all gelled beautifully. And in all honesty, we didn't have a, we didn't have to do a lot of work. Yes, we did the, um, the tasks, and yes, we did a few challenges and a few stupid stunts. We didn't have to do a lot of work. 
in other series that I've done of Big Brother and of I'm a Celebrity, you get a core of housemates or celebrities or Islanders or whichever show it may be, and you don't have they they don't gel beautifully, and that's when your work as a reality producer is you do have to sometimes force storylines. And that does not mean telling people what to say or what to think or what to do, because we have never done that. And I can hand on my heart say mm. that reality TV, certainly the sort of reality TV I make, is real. Um, we don't tell people what to say. We don't tell people what to think. We don't tell people who to uh, get it on with. We don't tell people who to dump. We don't tell people who we want to get evicted. We don't tell people who that we want them to nominate. We don't put words in people's mouths. They, they all own their own thoughts, they own their own feelings. But what we can do is we can push content by putting in a divisive challenge, something like a Twitter game, for example, where um, they might hear tweets about themselves that we know are going to upset them or we know yeah. they're going to give them a big head. Or, you know, use, let's use a Big Brother example. We might call Tim Dormer into the room and say, here's a here's Han's hairdryer that she's been asking for for months, or a pot of um, uh, ice cream. Which do you want to do? And of course, you being you, ate the ice cream, and that you know gives us a, <laughs> a, a great segment of reality TV. Um, using a I'm a celebrity, for example, you know we might sit around the campfire and play a game where you know they hear tweets from the outside world, and they've got to guess who the tweets are about, and you know some of the tweets may be more negative than positive. And that creates content in the camp because you know that someone's going to crack the shit. Using a Love Island example, you know, we had a game towards the end of the series where we um, told them some of the headlines that have been printed um, or, you mm. know, some of the social media that have come out. By God, did that not, you know, cause an absolute um, mm. you know, madness in the villa? Um, because it, that was when it came out that Eden and Grant um, had reportedly had girlfriends on the outside. Yeah. Um, turns out that one of those was true, one of those was false. But, you know, the... Um, the, the Islanders weren't to know that. So, yes, we can produce storylines to that extent. Um, no, we don't tell them what to say. And I could, like I say, I think there's a perception that reality TV producers um, sit in dark rooms twiddling their moustaches, plotting the downfall <laughs> of society. Um, and that may well be true on certain shows, but I can tell you that, A, I don't have a moustache, and um, B, I, I, especially on the shows I work on, You're more like the smoking man on X Files. You're the smoking man. Yeah, I'm definitely the smoking man. I want I want you all to be heroes. I really do because I I I believe there's not enough funny stuff on Australian television. And I think if you look at the three shows that that you know that I make, um, Big Brother was funny. You know, Um, Mm. I'm a celebrity about it. It is funny. Love Island is funny. And yes, they you know yes they're sexy as well, and yes there's drama, and yes there's bitching, and yes there's tears, and all that stuff is great. But I don't remember ever casting anybody because they were a complete dickhead. I remember casting people thinking, oh well they're going to ruffle some feathers. You would be mm. a great example of that. Mm-hmm. So look, the answer is a very long-winded answer is um, no, we don't tell them what to say, but yes we can with certain games and challenges. Um, push storylines or do things to create content. You've got to remember, and I'll just, just say this as well, and I think people forget this, most reality TV shows now, the way Australian television has, has evolved, are 90 minutes a night. That's a movie every mm. single day. I tried to, to total up the hours that I've been uh, 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 as an executive producer um, on Australian television. So I was the EP of three big brothers, um, the last three big brothers on Channel 9. That's 80 hours each of them. Um, three seasons of I'm a Celeb with a fourth one about to come, which would be another 40 or 50 hours for each of them, and now Love Island as well, which is another 40 hours. 
I mean, that's a hell of a lot of, of, of TV. Um, and if you put them all back to back, they're only on for about a year. So, I mean, it, it, it's the amount of ideas and the amount of stuff you have to come up with um, to make that much TV. You can't just sit back anymore and go, oh, well, let's hope they do something good today. It, it, you mm. just can't do it. Um, or you will not have a show. Um, the purist in me, um, you know, from Big Brother 1, I think if people watched Big Brother from 2001 now, I think I, I don't think they would actually believe that it went to air because it literally was Sarah Marie, uh, you know, Blair, yeah. and, uh, sitting around cooking fish fingers and talking about, you know, the local pub or whatever. And <laughs> it, you just couldn't put that on air anymore. It just wouldn't, it just wouldn't fly, you know. You're right. You're right. The content's changed, but I think the audience has also changed. And you're right. They just wouldn't receive that kind of content in the same. They they need that level of drama. The the bar is quite high now, isn't it? And it makes well, your job harder. Kids, I watch my kids on YouTube, and they 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 will struggle to watch a three minute clip because it's not fast enough. You know, it's like yeah. they click on the they click on the middle um, to get to the good bit. Can you imagine, um, you know, ten year old and a twelve year old in two thousand and eighteen? Sitting down and attempting to watch um, something from two thousand and one, they just—they'd they, last a minute. Yeah, yeah. One of my friends was actually saying she was watching The Little Mermaid with her child the other day, and she said it was just so boring. I don't remember it being yeah. so boring as a kid, and and her son wasn't into it because it just wasn't as colourful and as fast as as kids' TV is these days. So yeah. well, I guess you're right. The the nature of what we watch has changed. And, yeah. and what we expect from that. Uh, tell me about your beginnings in television. Is is reality TV where you wanted to end up? Um, what were your sort of initial sort of jobs in in the industry? I remember, because um, I've always been a big sports fan, I wanted to be a, a commentator on, on sports when I was a kid. And, um, oh, yeah. But I, then, I, then I realised I had a terrible voice. Um, uh, <laughs> and so that, that, that didn't work. Um, but I, well, I, I was I guess you could pub. say reality. Reality TV is kind of like the Hunger Games. It's sort of a sport in some way. <laughs> well, there's a sport. There's a lot of sport, actually. But, um, mate, look, I, I, I was working in a pub. I'd done a degree, which was a waste of three years, and I'm not saying that that's a waste for everybody, <laughs> but it certainly was a waste of my life. I've, I've actually never taken the piece of paper out of the envelope that, um, that says that I've got a, yeah. a media degree. And I heard another stunning stat um, a couple of years ago, and I don't know if this is true in Australia, but it certainly was true in England a few years ago. There's more people studying the media than there are working in the media which is terrifying oh, wow. for anybody currently doing a media degree. But anyway, I wrote a very good letter to a local TV station and got a job as a runner. Now, for anybody who doesn't work in television or know anyone who works in television, a runner is basically the shit kicker. Yeah, um, their the bottom job of the run. Editing. Absolute, absolute bottom feeder. Um, making sandwiches, photocopying, um, God knows what else. Um, so I was a runner on a, a show in the UK. It was like a uh, UT live TV show with bands and stuff on it. But because it was so low budget, um, I actually learned how to film on, on the camera. I got to meet Kylie Minogue and Robbie Williams. It was just a fantastic job, and I was getting paid absolutely, you know, completely um, nothing. Um, but I got to learn to do a few bits and bobs, and from there I got a job on a, um, a hospital show on the UK, which was another live show, uh, and it was based in hospital. And I met an Australian guy on that, Chris Blackburn, who was actually my co-EP on, on um, yep. who you know, um, from Big Brother. And he came back over to Australia and he called me and a friend up and he said he'd, he'd landed a job as a series producer on a show called Temptation Island. Now, some of the older listeners may remember Temptation <laughs> Island. It's actually coming back in America at the moment. But it's a show that we we filmed it in Fiji. Basically, we, came, we he got us out here. We filmed the show in Fiji. It was my first reality TV experience, really. And I fell in love with it just 
straight away. We were just chasing these people around with cameras all day, attempting to film them doing things they didn't want to be seen doing. And um, it was absolute madness. And from there, I met a girl and moved to Sydney and got a job on the second series of Big Brother. And it just kind of snowballed from there. And I haven't looked back since. I've done, done um, lots and lots of reality TV in the last 20-odd years. Mm. So you went from being a runner, working with Kylie Minogue and Robbie Williams, to now working with D-grade celebrities and insta-famous <laughs> wannabes on reality TV shows. Yep, yep. I was going, I'm going backwards every, with every single year. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, now, now that you're up at the top of the ladder, I mean, how, how much of a relationship do you have with the contestants during filming? Do you, do you still get to form a real friendship um, with the contestants? And, and, and does that then decide kind of do you get, do you have favorites and i'd like to think i'd like to think so i mean i'm certainly friends with a lot of big brother housemates on uh, facebook and i'm friends with a lot of the celebs um that have done i'm a celeb i'm, I'm a very friendly with shane Warne, for example which i never is something i never thought never <laughs> thought i'd say um the the islanders from love island are you know they're like 20 years younger than me so i can't imagine we're gonna be you know complete besties <laughs> but uh, you know again i'm friends with them all on instagram and um, uh, you know, I speak speak to a couple of them on the phone if they're having issues, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'd like to think that you and I would go for a beer if we're in the same city, for example. And there's a few Big Brother housemates over the years, you know, yeah. that I'm still friends with. I think I think anybody who does a show is always wary of the producer because I think you know you give so much of your trust. You know, mm. like you, you put a lot of trust into us, and uh, you know, again, I'm talking about the shows I've done, but I really don't know of anybody that has come out of the Big Brother series that the three that I've done really regretting that they did it. I'd like mm. to think it was a fun experience for everybody. And yes, of course, they're going to come out and say, why didn't you show that bit? Why did you show that bit? You know, blah, 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 blah. Same thing on Love Island. Same thing on I'm a Celeb. Um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, look, I feel, I feel like there's a lot of friendships that have been formed over the years. Um, yeah. We've made some Oh, we are definitely mates. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I won, so I, I have nothing exactly. to. I'm not exactly. disgruntled about anything. But let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about. Uh, yes, I, I've, I've pretty much scraping the barrel now. Five years Good down, <laughs> I have made it last. Um, let's talk about editing because every now and then you, you get the disgruntled reality TV star that comes out. There's a lot out of MKR and they, they say that they were edited look to look bad. Maybe they, they were portrayed to be the villain from the beginning. Um, I mean, we've heard producers say that y- y- we can't show anything that they don't say, but I guess the nature of editing is that you are chopping something. You're, you're choosing something over something else. And I mean, that, that does take what they say out of context sometimes. Have you ever felt responsible for the way that someone's reputation is formed by their actions on the show? Uh, look, I haven't um, because I don't believe I've ever overseen an edit that was deliberately done to um, get someone evicted, to um, tarnish someone's reputation. I, hand on my heart, don't think I've ever overseen that. I completely see how it can happen. And again, I'm going to talk to you about the fact that a lot of these shows have got months in the edit suite and go through hundreds mm. and hundreds of screenings. And in those screenings, people would say, God, it would be good if, um, you know, uh, Jenny looked a bit more bitchy in this scene, or it would be great if, um, or heroic in the scene, because they have time and the ability to do that. So what they're doing is they're making a drama out of reality. Mm-hmm. On Big mm-hmm. Brother, I'm a celebrity in Love Island. 
we have to edit overnight. And I don't think, you know, I can say this a million times, but until you've been there and until you've seen it, you've got to understand the lights in the house go off at, let's say, midnight. Lights in the house, lights in the villa, or the fire burns out in the jungle, let's say 10, 11 o'clock at night, whatever. We've then got to deliver the show the next morning. So all the edit producers come in overnight. They get all these scenes the day team have, have left. And the scenes can be anything like, you know, um, Tim brushes his teeth to um, Alex talks about his first kiss to um, uh, Sally steals Billy's apple. Do you know what I mean? Like they are, That's the sort of things that I'm used to dealing with. And we don't have time um, to turn people from one thing into another. What you said before is correct, though. It's selective editing. So we, as producers, have got to watch these scenes and decide that scene A is funnier than scene B, or mm. scene C is more emotive than scene D, or we think the audience are going to like scene E better than scene F. So yes, there's editing to that extent. We absolutely have to decide what goes in and what goes out, because you're talking about 24 hours that has to be edited down to 90 minutes. But Again, I, just, I think I think there's two different types of reality shows. There's the one that has the ability to really edit, and then there's the ones that I work on, which has no ability to really edit, but we just have the ability to cut things down and decide what goes to where and what doesn't go to where. Yeah, wow. I've never thought of it like that, but you're right. It does. Um, it just comes down to how much time they have involved, I guess, to um to create that story. And I, I guess shows that are filmed in entirety before they start to go to air, you, you know what the what the result is. So therefore, you, you kind of have to, I guess, edit how someone looks. One of the biggest frustrations for, I guess, for me as a as a uh, EP of 24-hour turnaround, um, turnaround shows is when people come out and say, why didn't you show this bit? And... It, it, you look at it and you go, well, and you want to say them because it wasn't funny or interesting. Uh, and, and it's a really hard thing to say to somebody. But, you know, we, uh, there's a, we have a responsibility as producers to try and show as much as everybody as possible because the public are voting on all the shows I do. The public are voting on something, whether it be who mm. does the trial, who stays in the house, who gets eliminated from the villa, whatever, whatever, whatever. So my responsibility as an EP is to tell the story of what's happening to the public every single day. Now, some days that is very, very easy, and some days it's really, really fucking hard. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but when someone comes out and says, oh, I was hardly in the show, you feel like yelling to them just because you didn't do anything. It's, you know, it's not a holiday. You've got to understand that <laughs> if you come to a TV show to make a... If you're coming to a TV set, essentially, whether it be the Big Brother house, the Love Island Villa, or, or the Celebrity Jungle, if you're, coming, if you're coming along, you're coming along to make a TV show. Now, to make a TV show successfully, you've got to talk, and you've got to talk a lot, and you've got to talk a lot about interesting things. Mm. You've got to get involved in whatever the politics is in that house or camp, and you've got to get involved in the conversation, and you've got to amuse the audience, and you've got to make the audience feel something, and you've got to tell anecdotes about your life. Mm -hmm. You can't just come and just just lie around and do nothing because you will be gone, and and it shouldn't be my fault as the EP um, that you're gone because you didn't give me anything to work with. you know what I mean? That's absolutely the best advice. That Whenever anyone asks me what I um, could tell them, I just say, just be involved with everything that's going on in the show. I, I worked that out very early on that... Um, if, if I wanted to stay, I, I had to be so involved with every storyline that I, I, I couldn't be written out of the show. I, I, there was no show without me in it. So I well, guess like I said, like it, it's, it's good to we hear you no say choice. that. 
yeah, we had no choice with you because you you were you were you were you were such a master of reality television that you stuck your nose into everybody else's business yeah. and you managed to be in every single scene. And we had <laughs> the opposite problem with you, where it was like, how do we get Tim? <laughs> out of this show so much because it feels like you know we're making an advert for Tim Dormer at the moment. <laughs> oh well, I got I got paid well for that advert. You did. You did <laughs> yes, well, yes. Well, I guess this series is all about finding out uh, what goes on with the crew that work on a reality TV show. I mean, you it, it's it's co-workers that are working together twenty four seven, and you become a bit like a family, I guess. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the TV show Unreal. But that show sort of plays out the the set of a of a fictional uh, dating show called Everlasting. But the, the people that work on the show, I guess it's a incestuous sort of power play relationship. Where I mean, they think that that they are often more entertaining than the the people that they're filming. Is that the way it works on a show? I mean, you, you guys become like a dysfunctional family. I'm guessing. We are 100% a dysfunctional family. We are so dysfunctional, it's not even funny. Um, <laughs> Love Island was so busy. So you got to, So I'll talk about Big Brother and um, I'm a celeb in a minute, but Love Island was so busy that we had producers doing washing each other's underwear because we, there wasn't even wow. time. You know, you'd literally go to work, you'd get home, you'd sleep for four hours, get back up, get in your car, and you'd drive back to the villa for the next shift. And you're all staying in the same hotel, um, you're all feeling the same things. A lot, a lot of the, a lot of the team, myself included, have got kids that you're missing, and you know there's shit going on at home that you're trying to deal with, and blah 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 blah. But it all has to take second place to the the, the problem in front of your face, which is this beast of a show, which is mm-hmm. growing in momentum by the day, um, and it's just it's just absolutely relentless. So you completely and utterly live on top of, top of each other, literally in some cases. And yes. um, it, it is very, very dysfunctional. So um, going back to the Big Brothers, obviously the Big Brother house was in Cooma in the northern Gold Coast. Everybody seemed to stay in sort of main beach, broad beach area. And so that was a lot more social. And also Big Brother, of course, back in the days when, you know, there was decent uh, TV budgets, you know, there was a lot of people around and, you know, you kind of did your shift. And then uh, so this is this is way before as a executive producer because when you're an executive producer you can sleep at all. But um, you know it was a lot more social and everyone would go out and party together and you you would enjoy the show and um, and come come in and do your shift. You still worked very very hard. There was you know, there was plenty of play as well, especially in the early days. As I moved up the ranks and as it got harder and harder, of course that that all that all went away and I had to live you know within contractually I had to live within five minutes of the Big Brother house in case there was wow. any, any drama and just used to spend seven days a week there and basically had no life whatsoever. Um, I'm a celebrity is the weirdest one because obviously it's in the middle of the jungle. It's absolutely five hours away from Johannesburg. Um, it is absolutely in the middle of nowhere. And we all stay in this, um, <laughs> I'm going to be as polite as I can, but I'm going to call it a three-star um, kind <laughs> of almost like um, holiday camp, um, yeah. which is like 10 minutes down the road from where the um, where the jungle is. And it is utterly bizarre because it, it, it's a, basically a, a camp of producers and directors and editors all living in the same little village, uh, all in each other's business, all doing the same job. Um, <laughs> and it is, it is, it, it's like, um, I, I imagine it's what a, um, a cult would be like. Um, <laughs> it's just everybody doing the same things, singing the same hymn book. Um, it's a very, very bizarre, bizarre experience. So it is true. There, there's, there's sex, there's drugs, there's, there's fights, there's everything. <laughs> I can possibly comment on any of those things, Tim. 
<laughs> All right. Now, after witnessing everything that goes on behind the scenes of reality TV, would you ever sign up to be a contestant yourself? Look, at the, I think it, to me it would depend on the price. Um, to me, uh, you could get very rich very quickly um, through reality TV if there's, if there's a significant prize and if you knew how to play the game. Um, I always said I would do Big Brother because I think I, I would know how to win it easily. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm less interested now as I, as I get older. Um, I'd mm-hmm. love to do a quiz show, for example. But look, the, the, thing, the thing with me, pers- talking from a personal uh, point of view, is I can't cook. I can't renovate. I can't dance. I'm not a model. Um, I'm not particularly that, attractive. You that's know, what so, Big Brother's good for. I couldn't exactly. do any of those well, things. Yeah. <laughs> well, yep. that was the one. Big Brother was the reality show for people that weren't very good at anything. Um, I, look, I don't know. I mean, I'm never going to get the option, obviously, which is a, a very um, which makes it a very easy answer. But I, I would not dissuade people from doing reality television. I, I, yeah. I think that there is a perception that. Um, you know that you'll regret it, et cetera, et cetera. I don't. As I, as I keep saying, I don't know anybody from my the shows that I've worked on that regrets it. I wouldn't ever say that I regret it because it, it's it put my life in a different direction, and it was what I wanted at the time. And I've I've had so many positive things come out of it that they definitely outweigh the negatives. And look, you I, must I, know you must know a lot of a lot of people from a lot of reality shows now. I mean, the, I mean, tell me from your series, Big Brother, and from anyone else that you know. How many do you know that regret it? And be honest. No one would ever regret it. In, in fact, it's the opposite. It's, I, I hear so many times again that it, it was the peak of their lifetime and that nothing will ever reach that high. And I, I think that's a bit sad. But I, I also, I mean, I was having a conversation with um with Jade, who came second with me recently, and she's gone to LA and, and tried to, to sort of reach another level of fame over there. Um, And I, I think... We had this conversation where, I mean, Big Brother has made us famous in a way that not everybody respects that fame. It's almost notoriety. But I've had to now live with that for the last five years of my life, that a lot of the strangers on the street think I am that person. And I guess that's the only regret is that you kind of, you are painted with that reputation for a while. Um, yeah. So I guess for all of you guys, it's really hard so few of you, it's all about making the leap from you know from reality star to something else. And we, you know, mm. you've shown you know Chrissy Swan and Fitzy, for example, oh, yes. two examples about how you know how it can happen. Um, and you know, there's other reality stars that have done. Well, Sophie Monk's a bloody good example, for mm. example. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it can, it absolutely can happen. But um, I, w- I would be, I'd be upset to know that anybody who had who was in the Big Brother house in 2012, 13, or 14. Anyone who was in I'm a Celeb to get me out of here in 2015, 16 or 17 or anybody who was in Love Island in 2018, all the shows I've been the executive mm-hmm. producer of, regretted their experience. Um, from what I know, none of them do, with the possible mm-hmm. exception of Bernard Tomic, of course. <laughs> but, uh-huh. um, I, think, I think even he had a fun three days. So, um, yeah. you know, I, I say that relatively confidently. Um, I, I know it's not true about all reality TV shows. And again, I'm not bagging the other shows. Look, I haven't worked on them. I love the people that do work on them. You know, we're all, the whole industry is one kind of big family and I know them all very, very well. It's very interesting. I, I think reality TV provides that doorway that's instant overnight fame. You get to the top where, where other people, artists, music artists or actors, have to slave away and kind of audition and, and, and carve out that fame that they earn it. It is just a, a, a quick 
elevator ride to the top. And it, but then it is a, it is a hard fall, I think, because all of a sudden you're in this this other world where people know your name, but you you don't have the experience to back up. I don't know the longevity. It it, it is a hard fall back down to the ground. But I it's 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 interesting that um I I think since social media came it, it sort of. It seems like everybody these days wants to be on a reality TV show. You'll love this fact that I heard. Um, in the UK this year, more people applied to become a contestant on Love Island than they applied for Oxford University. What What does that say about our world? What does that? Well, a, what do you think our culture has become? It says the world is a wonderful place, and also that there must be some really hot people in England as well. So um, that's what it says <laughs> to me. But, you know, it's fun, isn't it? I mean, you know, Love Island especially. What I mean, you know, uh, look, if you, treat it, if you treat it correctly, you've got nothing to lose. If you, if, you, if you throw it, if you invest your entire life, if you think that your life's calling is to be on a reality TV show, then, then you are wrong. Um, if you play it um, in the way you should play, you, you apply for the show, you do the show. If something comes of it, fantastic. If nothing comes of it, well, then you've had a fun experience and you continue on with your life. Um, and that's the that's the only way to approach these uh, you know uh, to approach these shows. You said something mm. before that was very interesting, which is the crash back down to earth. And I've seen that um, hundreds of times. It's almost as soon as as soon as people get evicted or eliminated or voted out of um, whichever show it is, um, you know, I'm the first person that they sit with and I tell them, you know, what the audience um, reaction is, how the ratings have been, um, the sort of questions they're likely to get asked by journo's, et cetera, et cetera. And so many of them have said, you know, is there any chance of me going back in? Because it's, it's like crack, I think. You know, yes. you're in there, yeah. and then you're out, and then you go, I've got to get, I've got to get back in there. You know, mm. I've, I've, mm. I need more. And I think you've just got to tune your brain. And you're right as well. But there's no, you know, when you are, when you get famous slowly, if you're a singer, for example, or if you're a sports person, and you wake up one day and you know. You're, you know, a local hero because you've won, you know, a footy match. And then the next thing mm. you know, you're a, a town hero because you're playing for the local team. Next thing you know, you're a state hero because you're in the state of origin. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're a national hero because you're in the national team. Next thing you know, you're the most famous player, player in the world. It's a steady increase and you've got time to adjust. On reality yeah. shows, especially Big Brother, Love Island, and I'm a celebrity, you go in there not knowing if the shows are going to rate, not knowing what people are going to think about you, not knowing what's going on because you are shut off from the outside world. And you come out, and it's either very, very good news or very, very bad news. And mm. but either way, you still want more of it. It's um, you know, it, it's a bizarre, it's a bizarre thing. But I think it's really important. My advice to anybody um, doing any reality show, regardless of which one it is, um, would be to approach it knowing that this is not your life calling. It could be, it could be, it could be the best thing you ever do. It could, it could um, award, reward you with fortune and fame for the rest of your life, make you very famous. Um, you know, you could end up hosting TV shows, radio shows, doing podcasts of pop sugar, you know, whatever it is that you, you, know, you want to do. Um, but it's probably not going to. So just go in there and have fun and, and, and enjoy it while it lasts because that, that's what it is. It's a roller coaster ride. Mm. I guess these days a, a large part of the prize is that you may come out with a lot more Instagram followers. And there's been a lot of headlines about the recent winners of Love Island, Grant and Taylor, their public breakup. And I've got to say, congrats on your matchmaking skills, Alex. Uh, that relationship ended quicker than um, than Sophie Monks did from The Bachelor. 
<laughs> They've both confirmed that Grant actually wasn't single when he went on the show, uh, that he had a girlfriend, and, and that there's some rumours that maybe he only went on the show to build his Instagram so that he would have a profitable business afterwards. Uh, what's your take on all that? Did you know that he had a girlfriend, and, and at what point did you find out? And um, and how did that affect then making a show where, where, the, where the goal is we're, we're trying to find people who are going to fall in love? So... Didn't know, obviously didn't know he had a girlfriend. We, we, you know, went through every jump through every single hoop you can possibly go through with all of the Love Island um, contestants before we sent the island to, to um, know that they were single. But you just go to their do, Facebook page, don't you? And look at them. Yeah, <laughs> well, they well, yeah, their we, you know, we we meet them face to face. We, yeah, you know, have, you know, have chats with their loved ones. You obviously, uh, you obviously um, scan their social media. You do all of that, and you, you know, you take, you obviously take their word as well. You remember. These are all gorgeous people. Of course, they're going to be shagging people before they go in. Yes, you know, like yeah. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> um, so, what, what, what are you? What, what's the difference? And I guess you've got to ask yourself. You know, it's just a crazy conversation. You know, if they shag someone the night before they go on Love Island, does that mean they're not allowed to go um, on Love Island? Um, Grant saying he had a, 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 a come out that he had a girlfriend, but he did bloody well to hide that from us. And I have to say. Um, you know, we had no idea, even when the article came out. Because if you remember, there were two articles that came out, I think almost on the same day, or two social media posts on the same day. One was Eden's got a girlfriend. Now, Eden's family were very, very defensive about that and um, said that's absolutely not true, absolutely not true. It's actually turned out that it, it wasn't true. Um, mm-hmm. On the same day, Grant's got a girlfriend. Now, we, you've got to remember, we're in Spain for a start. So when Australia's asleep, we're awake and vice versa. So we get these things, you know, as we wake up and I check my phone, there's a million messages. And the sceptic in me goes, well, look, this is someone just, you know, muckraking. Because I I, I could jump on Facebook or Instagram right now or Twitter right now and say I'm Grant's girlfriend. Mm. Um, Mm. There's nothing stopping anybody from from posting a picture of him at his high school prom and saying here's a photo of me and Grant together. So I treated it all with a pinch of salt. I have to believe what they say to us when they come in, which is I am single. And I went through the entire series right up to the end, uh, right up until the finale, uh, right up until the winner announced. And even when I saw Grant Taylor after after the, um, the winning announcement and saw them both, and I, I still didn't believe it was true. It was only when uh, I think we had the rap party in the day after, and I think um, uh, Taylor, uh, I can't remember who she called, and it was just so it was just so busy. But it turned out that Grant had fessed up that he had in fact been seeing somebody before he went in the villa. And by that stage, half of me goes, do you know what? You know, we've just made a bloody fantastic series. Um, you know, I've really got no fucks to give, you know. <laughs> and the other half yeah. of me goes, well, I'm really quite annoyed by that um, because, you know, he obviously lied to us to get in. And what was his motivation for going in the show? Because the, the real and pure motivation of going to Love Island, but, um, believe it or not, is to find love. Mm-hmm. Um Am I annoyed with him? Look, not really, because he made you know as a producer, he made us a, a great show. But I would be I would be annoyed if it had, certainly if it happened again. Um, and you know we're obviously going to be even more um, strenuous with our you know kind of uh, with our procedures procedures next time. But you know it's not the first time contestants have you know pulled the wool over our eyes. I mean I can't tell them it's been a million a million times. I remember. Mm. I remember a guy going into Big Brother House in 2013 who was telling us he shagged Kesha and, you know, was kissing uh-huh. girls in the house. And then the next thing, you know, he's got a boyfriend. So, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey, I didn't have a boyfriend at the time. I did not. I, at the time, I I thought I was straight. That's the Everyone always says but that. You know, Why did you lie? Matter. 
It wouldn't I matter. Know. Yeah. You should just say you're a bi or something. You can say anything. That's what I mean. It doesn't, it's your do you know talent. what? If we go back through my audition forms, I did say that I had slept with males and females and maybe I was bisexual. I remember one of the one of the casting women called me up and wanted to talk about that. So I don't know why that wasn't picked up at the time. But anyway, oh, it's who, all, who all in the past. Yeah. Who knows? It's all in the past. But hey, this isn't the first time. Basically, my my point is, it's not going to be the first time. It's not going to be the last time yeah. that people lie to casting producers. Um, fair play to Grant because he bloody got away with it. Um, he's, I, I don't know how he's going to get another girlfriend for the rest of his life in Australia. I was going to say, in answer to the first question, do people come on reality shows to boost their Instagram numbers? Of course they do. Everything you do on social media is to um, is to provoke some kind of response. Do you know what I mean? So mm. by the very nature of what it is. Um, is there a chance that uh, people would go on Love Island to, to boost their social numbers so they get paid to drink smoothies and paid to drink coffees and paid to go to um, gyms? Yeah, yeah, of course there is. Uh, but I'd like to think that a lot of the people in there, and I, I, I really do believe a lot of people in there were in there because they were sick of being single and, for, and were looking for love. I really do believe that. I guess it, it has changed then, the, like the reason people sign up for reality TV. But as your job as as sifting through the 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 reasons why people want to go on, I mean, if if someone will do nothing, I mean, will stop at nothing to get famous. It, sure, I mean that's that's good for you guys to to work with. Um, or do you want the people who are really naive and and are just going to react naturally to things? But you, you can't just you can't just walk onto a reality TV show. If you, if you are if you will stop at nothing to get famous, well then, you know you shag a football star or you um mm. you know you, you you climb the Sydney Harbour Bridge naked or something. Do you know what I mean? Like like you, you can't just walk onto a reality TV show because there's steps to get on there. You've got you've got to be um you've got to pass the psych test, which every single mm. reality TV show has, um and is real. I mean if if you are, if you're not of sound mind, you will not get on. Um, if you've got a police um, record, um, in in almost every single case, you will not get on. Um, if you have a medical condition that you know that means you could drop dead during filming, or you know means that means that the stress of the situation uh, could be um, harmful to you, you will not get on. So, you know, we as producers have a lot of hoops to to, to, to jump through before we can cast somebody, and you as the person auditioning for the show have even more hoops to jump through before getting on the show. So. I don't, want it, I don't want this to sound like it's just open slather and anybody from anywhere mm. in place can do a reality TV show because it's just, it's just not the case. Um, and as I said, Big Brother is the only example where it's pretty much open doors, anybody can come and audition because for everything else, you need to have some kind of uh, skill or some kind of trait. I think the other, the other really important thing, this is something I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely, like I'm very proud of and I, and I believe 100%, is that when people are under our duty of care, and what I mean by that is, especially on Big Brother, Love Island, and I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Because you have no access to the outside world, you can't call your mum, you can't call your sister, you can't call your girlfriend, you can't call your agent. You don't know what the press is saying about you. You don't know what's happening in the outside world. You are 100% under our duty of care. And there's been a lot of examples, some of which I can't talk about and some of which I can, over the years where... You know, we will always do what's best for the individual. But they they really mm-hmm. do. And I know a lot of people listen to this guy, oh, bullshit. The individual does come before the show. Like, we've had um, relatives die whilst people have been in the Big Brother yeah. house. And, you know, we've had to work out the best way to deal with that for that individual. And we made the decision on that at that time to switch off the cameras and to stop the show. 
Um, yeah. And I remember that was a, a massive deal at the time because it never happened anywhere in the world. And you know, we had to stand there and say, we, "We're going to, we're going to, we're going to stop this show for the good of this bloke because you know, we, we, mm. you know, he deserves to be given to, to to come out, be told what's happening, and then say goodbye if he wants to." You know, but any perception that. Um, reality TV stars are just pawns in a in a massive chess mm. game. Certainly, in the shows that I oversee is is, is is not correct. We really do have the best interest at the heart. Well, reality TV, it is the phenomena that it just hasn't seemed to have ended, and I mean it's evolved over the years. Why do you think it has staying power? Oh, there's a million reasons. Um, I mean, number one is I, mean, I think social media has a lot to do with it. Is it is, it, is you know, I, I just think that the the whole celebrity thing probably got a bit old about ten years ago, and I think people were just sick of seeing the same old faces over and over again. And, and reality television gave people permission to you know to fall in love with new yep. people. Another very good reason is that it's relatively cheap to make. <laughs> and, right. uh, yeah, um, you know, like you, if you had to make a, a, a drama, I mean, you know, think of you know. A, you've got to pay the talent and all the props and the location fees and blah, 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 blah. But dramas are incredibly expensive. Um, anyone who's seen The Crown or Game of Thrones would know what I'm talking about. You know, every single thing mm. they're doing, every glass they're holding, every door they walk through all costs money. For reality television, you know, you generally need a set. Um, you know, a lot of people that want to be on TV or have a skill and then and then off you go and it can. And also, it can make a hell of a lot of hours. Um, for a network, you know, so mm. Big Brother was was eighty hours over twelve weeks, which is an outrageous amount of television. When you think about it, it was it was Channel Nine's entire schedule, you know, um, at one point there. Um, and I'm a celebrity does a you know a similar hours yeah. for for Channel Ten, and Love Island does a similar hours for, for Go. So it's 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 blanket TV, so it's cost effective. But I think more importantly than both those things is it's it's absolutely brilliant. Um, it's human drama and it's real. No matter how many people say, oh, no, it's fake, it's bullshit, it's rigged, it's that's the other, I can tell you right now that it isn't. Um, I've never told anybody in the house what to say um, in my life, and I never would. Um, and that's it. It's real human drama. It's real human soap opera, and that's why it's probably here to stay for many, many years. And where do you think it will, will go? What's next? What, what do you want to see more of? Look, I'm, I'm happy with where it's at. I, I loved Love Island. I guess Love Island is like Big Brother on speed, you know. Um, yep. it, it's um, it, it's just a lot faster. Um, it, you know, I guess the difference with Love Island and Big Brother is, you know, I used to very famously say on Big Brother um, that you, um, you know, we'll never, we'll never tell you to say anything twice. We'll never tell you where to stand. Whereas on Love Island, again, we never put words in their mouth. If someone fluffs their lines, you know, we'll just say, can you please say that again? Or if someone is standing with their back to camera, we'll say, can you please stand this way so we can see you better? Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's 100% real, but it's just slightly more produced so it looks slightly better. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then I think going back a few years, and they tried it in Australia with the shy, but it didn't work at all. But certainly it's massive in the UK still. You've still got the only way is Essex and um, mm. uh, made in Chelsea and those kind of uh, dramality, I believe they call it. So, and I've never done one of these, and I've um, I'm not a massive fan, but I can see that there might still be a place for it, and that's basically where real people are semi-scripted, um, you know, based on real-life situations, and you know that that may happen at some point. But I think I don't think there's any substitute for for genuine reality TV. I don't, I don't think you could ever go back to 2001 Big Brother because the naivety is gone and the pure mm. the purity is gone. But I think there will always be a place for just humans watching other humans because I think humans by their 
but you know, just by our DNA, we're just nosy bastards. I mean, you know, um, if someone, <laughs> you know, if someone's smacking their kid in the supermarket or someone's arguing with their with their girlfriend in the street. Um, Every single one of us is going to try and listen. Well, you keep making it. We'll keep watching. It's been a pleasure chatting to you, Alex. Thank you very much for coming on podcast. Thanks, Tim. Good to talk to you again, mate. Okay, guys, we've reached the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. In two weeks, we'll have our next special guest, so make sure you tune in to hear it all. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Acast, and all the places you normally listen to your podcasts. See you soon.